0: we're in this together and we're here to help you we're not here to make your lives miserable you know if you if you really don't understand call us have that professional conversation we'll we'll do what we can to help solve the issue or get you to understand why a violation was written you know before we even reach the data queue step
1: hey folks. It's Todd Dills here, back with another edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, where we'll hear more from Captain John Olson of the Minnesota State Patrol about what he was talking about there at the top, The federal data queue system built as a conduit through which carriers and drivers can correct information collected about them, chiefly, that's those inspections and violations, crash information assigned to the wrong driver or the wrong carrier, and more. Most of you are probably at least somewhat familiar with the system, given its frustrations uh, caused throughout the years for carriers, the CSA scores, and those PSP reports for drivers, as well as the publicly available information underpinning them all, have just gotten more and more and more important. That importance has extended mightily in recent years into insurance rates for one, the ability to do business with some premium shippers for two, and some brokers for three. As regular Overdrive readers probably saw this week, Overdrive Editorial Director Max Heine and I dug into the data around the DataCue system, doing scads of interviews over the last several months as well. As of Monday, February 15th this week, the outcome of all that was released at OverdriveOnline.com in a four-part package called Setting the Record Straight. It runs through the issues of fairness in the DataCue system. There's been a real, quote, guilty until proven innocent end quote, feeling for many carriers who've had to use it to challenge an errant violation over the years, only to find their challenge end up right back in the hands of the inspecting officer who wrote the infraction to begin with. There's plenty more to discuss though, and there's some movement afoot to introduce greater fairness to tough data cues cases. That's one reason we're talking to John Olson today. Minnesota's data cues procedures are unique in being just one of a couple of states where representatives uh, from trucking are involved in panels deciding particularly these tough cases. And before we get to the rest of my conversation with Olson, keep in mind that on February 25th, next Thursday, at 3 p.m. Central Time, we'll be hosting a live discussion with former Kansas Highway Patrol Captain Chris Turner, who's now with the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, and former owner-operator Christopher Haney, who's currently Safety and Human Resources Director for 130-truck and dump-puller pain Trucking out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Both men are fountains of knowledge around DataQs. Chris Haney's got a so far unblemished record in his datacues efforts, for instance, and both he and Turner will offer plenty in the way of helpful tips on succeeding in DataQs challenges. You'll have an opportunity to ask questions of them, too. And you can help me prep for the talk by sending those questions in advance directly. Reach me via our podcast message line at 530-408-6423. Let me know your question about violation or other challenges in data queues. I'll be sure to get it answered. After we're done here, too, find a link in the show notes or the post at overdriveonline.com that houses this podcast. There, you can register for the live discussion to find out just where it will take place online. Hope to see you there. Before we dive in with Captain John Olson of Minnesota, well, here's a word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. If you're a leased owner operator, you need quality insurance to keep you protected. Call FirstGuard for the commercial truck insurance you need and the
0: service you deserve. FirstGuard is the trucker's insurance company. We understand your needs and offer physical damage and non-trucking liability insurance for leased owner operators. With FirstGuard, you always get fast and friendly service. Visit firstguard.com. That's the number one stguard.com. FirstGuard, we speak trucker let's talk I've been in this position as the commander of the commercial vehicle section for the state patrol here in minnesota for uh, in march it will be six years uh prior to that i've kind of bounced around a little bit of my career i, uh, I joined the patrol in 2004 uh, right out of the gate i was highly interested in commercial vehicle enforcement and actually became a uh, a trooper that did commercial vehicle inspections as part of my regular duties uh, right out of the gate back in 2005. And, uh, that was in the Southwest portion of our state and, uh, really enjoyed that work. I enjoyed, uh, the trucks. Um, I grew up on a farm, so I have that in my background, uh, in my blood. I still like to farm, uh, when I can help, uh, local, uh, some of my family members out or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I so I have the agricultural background in my mind. in Minnesota, we are a heavy agricultural state. We have a lot of commercial vehicle traffic that is agricultural based. Uh, and I think that's important uh, for people to know that you know i I have a good idea of both sides of the, of those issues when they come up when it comes to agriculture and you know exemptions and that sort of thing.
1: Sure.
0: Um, so I've worked in I've worked in our what we call our greater Minnesota area out in the country. I've worked in uh, downtown St. Paul where Capitol building is, I've worked that area. So I have a good background in Metro versus non-Metro. Um, I've been a field Lieutenant, a regular, uh, like our first line supervisor in the Metro. And I was also our um, administrative supervisor here for the commercial vehicles section prior to getting promoted to this position as commander. Um, so that person was responsible for writing our mix app grants uh, for FMCSA And uh, actually, supervising our person that was in charge of administering our data queue program. So I've had my hand a little bit in in data queues for um, almost eight years now, here seven years. Uh, So I've got a pretty good understanding of uh, the data queue program that we have here. I know data queue is a it's a very important topic, and it's a topic that I think needs to be discussed. And by no means would I ever stand up and say that Minnesota has the perfect. Program in place because um, I think there's always room for improvement, but I do think what we have done um, has worked really, really well. And in uh, in CVSA and other conversations that I've had with other states, I've talked about what we do and why we do it and why we think it's important, and kind of encourage them to take a, another take a look at their own processes and to see if maybe you know. And I think some states have looked at our ours and have implemented a similar similar type. Of a, of a process to handle uh, challenges when they come up because I, I do understand the issues and I do understand that every inspection we do, every violation that's written, for the most part, does have an effect on a carrier, their safety score, their insurability, um, companies that you know are shipping their goods look at those scores, look at that information, and then it, it does have a huge effect. So that is important, and you know we're all humans. And we're not perfect, and drivers aren't perfect. Carriers aren't perfect, and we do make mistakes. And I'm certainly willing to to stand up and say, yes, in this particular instance, our inspector did quote the wrong violation or misinterpreted the statute and wrote the violation incorrectly when it shouldn't have been. And we're we're happy to make those changes and get it right because that's what we're trying to do is to get it right, right and you know give the right information to the carriers and to the drivers so they can be compliant because that's that's the ultimate goal is to just get compliance with the regulations, not to make people's lives miserable. Um, the best inspection is the is the clean inspection, in my opinion, not the one that has 10 violations on it. So,
1: Do I hear an amen there, owner-operators? In any case, as I intimated earlier, Minnesota's program for handling data queues reviews that get rooted to them through the federal system, which is the case for any involving an inspection or crash they handled, Minnesota's policy dates to 2010, when the data queue system assumed something resembling its current importance for carriers and drivers. That, of course, is when FMCSA's compliance, safety, accountability, scoring system went live and all that inspection-related data started to get some new teeth, as it were.
0: So, when a carrier or a driver submits a data queue request uh, through FMCSA's portal, that's the that's the proper way to, to file a data queue challenge mm-hmm. um, the data queue challenge is, uh, is looked at if it's some challenges uh, as you may know the challenge is just hey we never got a copy of the inspection report or our driver didn't give us one um, or we were listed as a as a being involved in a crash incorrectly you know those things are handled separately mm-hmm. so If someone needs a copy of the inspection report, we provide that to them, and then data queue is closed, done. Um, If it's a challenge that there there was an incorrect violation noted or the wrong carrier was listed on the inspection report, those are pulled and those are assigned to our data queue administrator. From there, we have um, a few employees whose job it is to do the data queue research. So an employee is given the data queue to work on, they make contact with the carrier, they uh, do research on the regulation or regulations that are being uh, discussed as part of the challenge, they reach out to the inspector or trooper who conducted the inspection, gather as much evidence as possible, and then they write up a report, a summary that says here's the challenge, here's here's the issue at hand here's what the regulation says. Mm -hmm. here's what the inspector documented, here's the evidence one way or another, and then that gets sent to the data queue administrator. The data queue administrator is responsible for reviewing that information and then making the determination. Was the violation incorrect uh, in totality? It needs to be removed. Was the regulation cited incorrectly in the inspection report? It needs to be amended. You know where the violation needs to be changed, or was the violation written correctly, and the violation will stand. And then that information then is sent to the the carrier or the driver that made the request. Um, in a perfect world, we try to get that done, completed from start to finish within 60 days. We're not always seeing that mark. We've had challenges here, uh, staffing-wise ourselves. You know with. Uh, with what was going on here this last summer in Minnesota we had all hands on deck dealing with uh, the the civil unrest and that put us behind my data queue administrator is also in the military and he was deployed for an extended period of time so you know, you know things happen so we're yeah. we're trying to deal with that as best we can but cuz <clears throat> I know that's an issue I know when, and I fully respect that when carriers make a data queue requests you know they they're doing it for a reason and I certainly don't want to have that process delayed any longer than it needs to be. So so that's Mm -hmm. step one. When a carrier receives uh, the determination letter from our office, our policy is they have 15 days to file an appeal. If, If a violation, if the determination is made that a violation needs to be removed from the inspection report or it was listed incorrectly, we do not give our inspectors the ability to file for an appeal. We're not, we're not doing that. That is not an option for them. Um, But uh, if a violation determination is made and a carrier wants to appeal it, they have 15 days to contact their office and request a second review. In that second review, the second review is a, is a panel of people that are pulled together. Our data queue administrator is the mediator for this meeting. So they, they do not have a say, they do not have a vote. They are just the mediator. The carrier is invited in either via in-person or phone, depending on where they're located across the country. Uh, they have their time to talk about why they're filing the challenge and why they believe the violation should either be this or removed or whatever their, whatever their case is. The carrier, uh, no, I'm sorry, then the inspector has the same time to say, What they believe what their interpretation is what the violation was at the time of the inspection talk about any evidence there is uh, to support why they wrote the violation and then the meeting is over um that meeting is recorded that's part of our policy so if there's anybody that needs to go back and listen to that there's there's that option and then the panel makes a decision on whether the violation stands or is removed or what the course of action is going to be. That panel is um, someone in our agency that is well-versed in regulations. It's It could be most likely someone that does training for us, someone that's well-versed in the regulations. Um, it involves a supervisor from this section, okay. a lieutenant, and it also includes someone from the commercial vehicle industry. Usually that person is someone that has the role of a safety director. So we are, we are very thankful and grateful that we have a handful of carriers locally here in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area that are willing to take this important role on and uh, answer the phone when we call and say, Hey, we, we have a data panel coming up. Are, are you able to help us? Right. I think that that piece is very, very important. Um, and has been very beneficial for us. I think that there is, um, if a decision goes against what a carrier is desiring, I think there's more buy-in when that information is coming from the panel that includes someone from the industry. I've, I've been involved in data queue panels where the, an hours of service violation is being challenged. And uh, the, the safety director that's on this panel has been um, instrumental in getting the carrier to understand what the violation was and why it is a violation. The the scenario I was referring to, I think was um, uh, a personal conveyance issue where a driver was claiming personal conveyance and, you know, during the investigation or during the inspection, we we determined that it was incorrect use of, of PC and panel meets convenes they have five days to make a decision. Usually, the decision on what what the um, what, what's going to happen, whether the violation stands or or is removed, um, happens that day. But by policy, it's, we have five days. The panel has five days to make the decision. And from there, if the carrier is still not happy with uh, the result, they do have the option of taking that to the Minnesota Court of Appeals. Okay. Now, in, now in my in 10 years, or now we're 11 years into this, we've never had a case go to the Court of Appeals.
1: In effect, the review panel the State Patrol convenes has been adjudication sufficient to satisfy every carrier who's taken the process that far, and in a sense becomes the day in court, as it were. That's important in the process in Minnesota, Olson Olson believes, and he's long felt it's a model that other states could do well to take up
0: due to the integrity of the panel, you know, the, the second tier, the second step is, is enough to, I don't want to use the word appease, but because there are times where the data queue panel meets and, you know, I don't have an example in the top of my head, but I do know there are times where that, where the decision that was made by the administrator is overturned or is amended. Right. That, that does happen. Um, again, people are human and they don't always get it right. Um, Right. But I think I think having that piece, especially having you know a a carrier involved in that panel is is key to you know really solidifying and making you know helping the carriers that are making the challenges feel good about the decision, even if they don't necessarily agree with the decision. Yeah, and not just he, law enforcement going, nope, we're going to stand behind our inspector, and that's how it's going to be, because that's not what we're all about.
1: Right, it's not it's not appeasement necessarily. It's more uh, uh, satisfaction. Uh, more yes,
0: yeah. or yeah, or or there's respect for the process. Sure, even yeah. if they don't agree with the answer, there's respect for the process, which is really important.
1: I think so. Um, it sounds like these panels um, convene for a, just for a single case on a, on an as needed basis. Uh, from how you're describing it to me, does this? Is this something that had, that does it get to that point uh, a lot? Because um, it seems like, uh, it seems like a lot of work goes into it. That's a great
0: question. And thanks for, uh, thanks for asking that. Uh, no, it is as an a- as needed basis. Yeah. Just to give you an example, 2019, we had uh, over 350 data queues that involved, you know, a, a violation being challenged. Okay. And, I think we only had, uh, maybe four or five panels last year. So yes. it really is happening very infrequently. Yeah. So the vast majority of, of, um, of results are not challenged to the second level. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a huge lift for us. Not at all. Last year we had about 50% of our inspect, 50% of the data queues that were filed, mm-hmm. um, there was some action taken whether the, the, whether the violation was amended or removed completely. Right. So 50%, 50%, you know, that's,
1: is that a rate, um, for uh, all of the data queues or just for the violation challenges? Say that again, sir. Is that 50% rate? Does that pertain to every single data queue that came in or just the violation, uh, related data queues? Just Yep,
0: just the violation related okay. data queues. Yep. yep. Or or a wrong carrier data queue. Yep. Not the other ones. Just right. whether was a where there was a violation or carrier being uh, carrier list being challenged. Yep. About, we're about fifty percent where we there's some some uh, action taken that's where the violation was removed completely or it was amended to, to the appropriate right. uh regulation.
1: That's fairly close, for what it's worth, to the national average, though FMCSA broke out violation challenges and wrong carrier challenges into separate categories. You can find all of that data in the four stories in our Setting the Record Straight series at OverdriveOnline.com. For what it's worth here, violation challenges have the lowest rate of change of all data queues types at just below 40%. It's no wonder that's where much of the frustration arises among carriers, but certainly not all as it were. Nonetheless, there's a clear reason for that.
0: You know, the regulations are, um, there's a lot of gray sometimes, right. times though we, we wish there wasn't. And, uh, you know, interpretations are, can be different across the country. They can be different in my own office here. And though we try to agree, and I think one of the things that I think is so important in the commercial vehicle industry and enforcement is consistency and you're talking about the number of inspectors that there are across the entire country or North America for that matter, you know, consistency is hard to do, which I think that's why a data queue program process is so critical because we know we're not always going to get it right, though we try to. Um, and like I said before, you know, we're happy to say when we're wrong. That's right. And we hope to learn from that. You know, one of the things that that we started doing uh, a year ago is tracking every data queue against every inspector and, when we start to recognize a pattern, it's for us, we recognize that as a, that's a training issue that we need to deal with because we don't want the inspector or troopers to keep making the same mistakes. So we're trying to use the data that we have available to our advantage to say, okay, let's, let's take a look at this and figure out where the training issues are and let's address it versus letting the continue the problem to continue. And, you know, Right. Maybe some some carriers are make are taking the steps to file a data queue. Maybe some carriers are like, ah, I've been unlucky in other states or whatever. Like, whatever their reasoning is, and like we're just not going to deal with it. We're going to let it go because we don't want that either. I mean, we don't right. we don't want uh, we don't want that. So,
1: in an ideal world, a sage observer once said to me, "The rate at which data queues results uh, in a change is zero, Though, given that would mean inspectors were doing everything right, right to the letter. From a carrier's point of view, that might track a bit differently. In the carrier's ideal world, there's no need for the data cube system at all. Clearly, with tens of thousands of reviews filed every year, I don't think that's going to be the case anytime soon. If you've been reading our Setting the Record Straight series, you'll know that a potential national appeals panel model, somewhat uh, similar to what's happening in Minnesota today, is being explored by the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance with potential, at least, to introduce more fairness into the process. Captain Olson in Minnesota isn't involved directly in that, though the Minnesota program and a similar one in Arizona are models that originators of the idea are drawing upon. The owner-operator Independent Drivers Association also suggested such to Congress a year and more ago. For now, though, if you're filing a data queue, Olson offers these suggestions by way of tips to ease the process for all involved. Starts? with clarity of communication.
0: Being uh, clear and articulate about what you're looking for and then providing any the evidence that you have up front is very beneficial. Um, You know, there are times where, let's say there's there's six violations on an inspection report and we get a challenge and they're challenging all six with not a lot of info. It's like, well, you're not going to be your chances of being successful are very slim when you're, when you're trying to challenge every violation. Um, like I said, we're not going to give it right every time, but if if you feel the need to challenge every violation, it's like that. It gives the impression that you're just looking to get out of it all, or you're just trying to see, you're trying to throw a huge wad at the wall and you're just trying to see what sticks. It's like, that's, I think, uh, you're not getting a lot of respect from us when you, when you do that.
1: Yeah, like, no, I like what we were talking wave. about before, be judicious about, um, about yes. what you're doing here and know when you have a case. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, when
0: it comes to, um, like incorrect carrier, those are the, those are, I think the most challenging. Um, and we do see those where, uh, you know, someone is claiming we're not the, we're not the carrier uh, of this particular load or when this inspection was done. Um, that's so all fine again we're not always going to get that right but it's really helpful if you can provide as much information you as you can up front about what you know about who was actually the carrier responsible for that load on that day that that truck was inspected you know because a lot of times we are we are relying on the driver you know we get that information from what's on the side of the door and i would hope that every inspector i have here the first one of the first questions out of their mouth is who are you working for today? And they tell us. And right. you know, I guess my opinion is we're expecting that answer to be the correct answer. Because I would think the driver would know who's getting who's paying them. We've had issues where someone will claim that that drivers tried to work for us or, or tried try to get hired by us, but we've never we never have. And and to be honest and be perfectly candid with you, a lot of times when we get those challenges, the inspection reports are not beneficial to the carrier and i understand that no one's even if an inspection is done and it doesn't belong to you if the violate if the inspection is violation free you're not going to challenge that one
1: yeah. you know
0: but when there's 10 things listed on there or whatever it is it's like ah, eh, yeah we need to get this one off of our safety score
1: regular listeners will remember last week's overdrive radio edition featuring Olson's recommendation to those of you employing drivers in particular to bolster communication too, of all aspects of a given load to those drivers to improve the process of the inspection to begin with." And, Olson added, if you do get that adverse inspection and you're thinking of filing a data queue to challenge a violation you believe to be unwarranted or something else in error, don't be afraid to just pick up the phone before you do.
0: If you really aren't sure about a violation, instead of just filing the data queue." You know, we're, we're happy to field calls in our office to, you know, clarify questions or issues beforehand, you know, especially if it's the uh, if it's just the one violation um, or you got uh, a mit full of violations and you really don't understand or or whatever the case is. Um, right. Like I'll give you an example. Something that came up a week ago or so. Um, violation was noted for uh, for a, a damaged airline uh, underneath a tractor and uh, give the carrier credit, they go and replace you know, all the airlines, and uh, they can't see the damage or don't understand why the violation was written now that they've replaced all the airlines. Instead of filing a data queue, they call our office and just ask the question because there's a note on the inspection report that says, you know, see photos. So mm-hmm. again, instead of going through the process on their end, Creating a data queue and then has something to do it. They call, they ask the question. Yep, let us get in contact with the inspector. Let's take a look at the photograph. We'll even send you a copy of the photograph, you know, via email, so you can see where it was and what the damage looked like. Right. And problem solved. We're we're in this together, and we're here to help you. We're not here to make your lives miserable. You know, if you if you really don't understand, call us. Have that professional conversation. We'll we'll do what we can to help solve the issue or get you to understand why a violation was written, you know, before we even reach the, the data queue step. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, We try very hard to hammer home to our, our inspectors, you know, take pictures. You have, you have a digital camera, use it, use it every day. Take, take a picture of the tire, take a picture of the oil, oil, uh, you know, seeping bearing, take a picture of the airline that's cut. You know, take a picture of the logbook page, take a picture of the bill lading, right. you know, use, use that, um, pictures, as they say, speak a thousand words yeah. uh, and they do. Otherwise, you know, you write a violation for, for, uh, uh, airline leak and six months later we get a data key challenge going, we never heard the airline leak. You know, it's like, well, how do we prove it one way or another? That's difficult for us when there's no evidence, that there's no, there's no anything, you know?
1: And you, of course... You can pull out your own camera as well. Particularly important in the aftermath of a crash, God forbid. You can read more about all of that in our Setting the Record Straight series about data queues hurdles, and bring your own particular questions to that panel discussion with CVSA's Chris Turner and Payne Trucking's Christopher Haney next week, Thursday, February 25th. As I noted near the top, find a link to where you can sign up to receive email reminders about the session that will include just where to watch and participate. That's 3 p.m. Central next week thursday february 25th via youtube live and overdrive com. you can dial 530 408 to lodge a question in advance that i'll be sure to put to the participants i hope to see you there stay warm everyone overdrive radio is a production of overdrive magazine the podcast is edited and produced by myself todd dills with no small amount of support from mr paul morhofer contributing uh Overdrive Extra Contributor, Overdrive Editorial Director Max Heine, Social Media Coordinator Holly Young, News Editor Matt Cole, and Executive Editor James Gillette. Until next time, keep it pro out there.